0: All right, mate, let's do it. Never taken his coat off, that's all good. Nitty's coat, actually. Is it knitty's coat? Yeah, stolen gyro coat. Stealing quite a lot of stuff now, increasingly. Yeah, but in a, in a I mean, this is kind of live now, so <laughs> let's not admit 20 thefts. Anyway, uh, it's episode 40 of Sigma Sports presents Matt Stevens unplugged and opposite me, uh, with his head in his hands, because it's been a long couple of weeks, is none other than broadcaster extraordinaire. And good mate, actually. Monsieur Ned of Bolting. Hello, Matt.
1: Sigma Sports presents Matt
0: Stevens. (laughs) Unplugged live at the Giro. And his guest is Ned Bolting. They are probably sick of each other by now. Okay, (laughs) we're... Great. I understand that you at home, or wherever you are in the world, um, I've heard a jingle. We haven't heard it. So when we actually listen back live... It's going to be exciting. It's going to be very, very be exciting excited.
1: indeed. We heard a tiniest little noise, like a little a mouse uh, dropping, a mouse dropping a thimble a kilometre
0: away. Mm. With, um, dressed in... We've done better heading. dressed. Well, I it just making... felt Ita- I just There was a little bit of a hint of Italian in there as well. That's oh, was all. that? Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. Right. So, like an Italian mouse dropping a thing ball about a can and a half away. <laughs> a
1: can and a half? Oh, <laughs>
0: oh with a tailwind. Yeah. Indeed. That's well, well um, normally what I do, Ned, um, when I do the podcast, it's the first one we've done on location. Right. And, uh, and as, as you've known, if, when you, you know, we are actually at, at the Jura d'Italia. And what I normally ask people to describe when they're at home, um, just to set the scene, yep, is. Just describe where you are in the world and what you can see around you, apart from me, sitting directly opposite you, all sweaty.
1: Well, I, I mean, that's a, uh, this is good, isn't it? Because yeah. you're sitting opposite me, a little bit sweaty, because you've yeah. had a little bit of pod, podcast tech anxiety setting it all up. <laughs> uh, behind you, some pop art, uh, pop yeah. hotel art, which, yeah. uh, from what I've gathered, is quite up your street, isn't it? You like, you're very into that kind of thing, so yeah. that seems that feels appropriate. It's you're good. also you're wearing a grey flannelette shirt, um, cowboy style, a little bit with epaulettes. Yep. And um, everything's matching. Sort of chromatically, you're sitting on a grey couch with a predominantly grey pop arts behind you. But to our left, we've got essentially a glass wall um, revealing, I mean, a high-definition widescreen vista of what we were discussing we weren't quite sure whether it was a, a, a fluvial valley or possibly a rift valley. Yeah. But we're in the West Dolomites on the big sort of valley road that leads up to Bolzano and into the uh, heart of Trentino region
0: in that weird bit of Italy that where everybody spricht Deutsch. Indeed. And you used to speak Deutsch exceptionally well. You actually <laughs> Deutsch, you, you did a bit of Deutsch splecking in the, one of the, the service stations where we stopped it earlier on. I was quite oh, impressed. Yes. Wasn't it a bit scary it was
1: a bit, oh. yeah, it was a bit megfeldish, yeah. It was a father-son petrol station, wasn't it? And yeah. Yeah. The, f- the father was working behind the till and he was, uh, what did we buy there? What did I go in for? I topped fuel. Up with fuel, 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 petrol. Was,
0: it was a Q8. We We're allowed to stop at certain uh, petrol stations, um, which are obviously sponsored by the race. And we stopped there. Um, Put 25 euros worth in. 25 euros in. We thought there was a little restaurant attached. We couldn't go in because it was shut. Yeah. Um, pops the loo, came out and there's this lad who just
1: sat staring into space. Who's his teenage son. Um, and he's just looking out the front window at an otherwise deserted petrol forecourt, surrounded by hemmed in by vast mountains. Mm. And I'd like to think he was just contemplating his future, really, and mm. how he was going to break free from kind of the, the the fate that awaited him, which was eventually to take over the the running of the petrol station from his father, who didn't look, to be honest, in the best of health.
0: No, he didn't. He looked um, grey. I wouldn't say it was on his last legs but he did, it, it looks like you need some be lucky some, if you make it through the next 4 or 5 years yes indeed indeed. and, and one thing that was a bit upsetting as well um they didn't have any ritter sport chocolate uh, in that particular shop but you couldn't uh, yeah, really they call did. It a sh- did they they did was oh, it 250 wasn't it that was the 250
1: ritter, sport. 250 yeah. ritter sport the selection wasn't great there was half no. a dozen of just quite standard variations, so yeah. none of you've discovered the quite like quite a lot of tropical fruit ones and yep. a lot of a big range of white chocolate based yep. ones as well, which has been quite a revelation to you during the Giro. But no, it was quite a
0: it's quite milk chocolate hazelnuts that sort of thing. And you the other day, well, what a bargain it was! You had a, a, a bundle, a slightly random bundle of Ritters. Was it 660? 690,
1: I think six ninety. Bound up with a pink ribbon. I know. Giro d'Italia with a nod to the Giro.
0: I like to think, although maybe it's just that's the only ribbon they had left over. Indeed, I think that's only the first and second time we've mentioned the Giro d'Italia in this opening salvo of the pod, uh, because we are here at the Giro d'Italia. It's the second rest day. Um, we're both looking forward to doing not some ritter sport later, but some actual sport, aren't we? You've got a cheeky little hire bike. The first time you've properly ridden, done a bit of Brompton action. You borrowed mine for a bit, but you're looking at a proper ride, aren't you later? Well, we did uh, we did a bit of proper riding in Turin, so it feels like oh, a lifetime did. ago. I, I yeah, got a city course. hire bike. It's been, I mean, can you just, it, you've been on the Giro before, and I know you've probably been asked this question a lot, but when we both rattled on about it um, for the last couple of weeks, yeah, what makes, Ned, in your view, um, aside from this year's Giro d'Italia as a proposition, we'll talk about that in a bit, what makes the Giro so exciting, do you think, mate? What? Why has it got this kind of mystique about it? I mean, it is the, what do, what do you think? What's your kind of thoughts on that? Or do you not think that's the case? Or have you got your own kind of view on it? it's an interesting one isn't it i i i mean i kind of a
1: bit of me fights against the um the kind of conventional wisdom that the Giro d'Italia in term- culturally and in terms of the sporting excitement towers above both the other Grand Tours. And if it, if you think the Tour de France, if you favour the Tour de France, you are somehow, um, you don't get it. You're not a real yeah. fan. You're kind of a plastic cycling fan unless you admire the Giro d'Italia with all your Italian-age soul. Um, I do get that, but I, I think it can be a little bit exaggerated. Uh, let's face it. On this edition of the race, I think so far, second rest day, this may all change, of yeah. course. Can change at the Tour de France, can change at the Welter, But I think that the general the race in the general classification has been intriguing but hardly thrilling. Yeah. Because one rider is head and shoulders above the best, supported by a team that has been impeccable from start to finish. So I do think the general the, the G C race thus far has been interesting but not in, not, in terms of the competition, not yeah. particularly memorable. Yeah. You know? He's just a bunch of riders. Several riders now have got, found themselves in second place and one by one, he's just boshed them back again. I yeah. mean, we've had a succession of second places in GC, yeah. which has been interesting, but only one credible Malia Rosa. That said, what's lit this race up for me so far has been the number of teams that have had, a vi- you know, Cofidis, yep. you know, AG, AG2R, Citois, yep. that's been brilliant. So the numbers of different teams that have... Um, have had their moments, even Groupama FTJ, they haven't won a stage, but they've had the jersey. Three days in pink. Israel have had yeah. the jersey, you yeah. know, and not won a stage. So, because you know, Aolo uh, Cometa winning with um, Lorenzo Fortunato. But you don't get that at the Tour. No. You don't tend to get that at the Tour. We were discussing this just, um, just recently, weren't we? The, the people who win, you look back at recent editions of the Tour, and even the stage winners who are slightly surprising, they're hitters. Yeah. They're, they're well known even yeah. if they're kind of this is their first big victory it was they were they come from career trajectories that were always going to produce this kind of greatness whereas the Giro's the Giro's great isn't it for that and I've, I've i think that for me so far has been
0: the real the real joy of this race yeah yeah it's kind of it is a race that presents maybe because of the parkour and how difficult it is to control every single day um there are far more opportunities for breaks to go clear, and mm. and 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 that in itself, given that there's this broad kind of spread of opportunity throughout the three weeks, it kind of, I would imagine, coming into the race for some teams, there's a there's a, a really real sense that there's a chance of succeeding, whereas in the in the Tour de France, I'd imagine it's kind of stymied a little bit because because the, the course has been. It's been quite playful isn't it? It's been really really it's difficult to read necessarily what's going to happen in every single stage apart from a couple of nailed on sprint stages. And um, and we've only just really hit the big big mountains but the two weeks leading up to yesterday's stage kind of semi-mountain stages hilly days and it was it's just such a well designed course. I, I mean a great case in
1: point was stage ah, let's right 15 to Gorizia. Yep. Um, that finished on that circuit that di- dived in and out of Slovenia of course, yeah, uh, yeah. rather movingly. But I thought the way that, that was designed was cl- with, you know, absolutely backs up what you're saying in terms of the, the climb on that circuit where all the Slovene fans had gathered was just the right degree of difficulty to kind of make you question whether um, Simone Consoni and Stefano Aldani, who were in that break of fast men, might be dropped or might hang on. Yep. It might you know Is it actually hard enough to be a launch pad for the climbers who are in that, you know, Bauke Moluma, and someone else come um content uh, hermans who we thought yeah. might really thrive on that climb. Yeah. And what can what can the three sort of heavy riders from Quebec Assos do about it on that climb, Campenarts, You yeah. know. And actually kind of it, it that was classic Giro, wasn't it? It kind of fell between all those possibilities and produced a really quite wonderful and unexpected and yeah. rather brilliant outcome in the end with the out sprinting Oscar Rizabic to the line.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think You've got these unpredictable, unpredictable, unpredictable parkours, and although the winners have been kind of solid, they've, and I wouldn't say they've been the forget, forgotten men, but um, when you t- we've tried to pick winners, it's I been would. really, really hard. It's I, just really I'd... hard to pick the winners from these breaks, isn't the it? Tr- the traditional kind of – when you look at the riders on paper who've been in these moves um, – they've been the actual eventual winner has been a little bit of a surprise, hasn't it? It's not gone to form, has it really?
1: Yeah. Although I wouldn't say they've been the forgotten men. I, I think there has been, I mean, Joe Dombrowski's win. Yeah. He was a forgotten man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you no,
0: know definitely. That was,
1: that was, so it's been, yeah. And then there've been young riders like, um, like, uh, uh, Mauro Schmidt, Fortunato, uh, Fortunato I've mentioned, um, or even Victor Lafay, you know, yeah. who've, who've really made their first impression, t- uh, uh, at this level. Um, they may never get another opportunity. Who knows what, what their career holds. But, um, so yeah, it's been, it's been in that, in that sense, it's been really good. And, um, but the star of the show in many ways is Italy, isn't it? It's, yeah. the, it's the country and it's the culture. And, you know, you're never far, you're never far removed from that. It feels like it, more so than the other grand tours. It feels like Italy kind of courses through the veins of this race. Um, and it exudes personality yeah. in that regard.
0: I mean, that's a, that's a really interesting, interesting point that we've raised it. I mean, you know, the, the fact that we're doing this podcast is because, you know, us at Sigma, we couldn't, we couldn't film. So we thought, okay, we'll have a podcast in the midst of the pandemic and did the jura I was at the Giro d'Italia last year. Um, it was a good, it was a really good Giro an unexpected winner, of course, in Teo. Um, but it, there was an emptiness to it. You know, um, I think that the, a lot of the racing kind of made up for that, but, but in this Giro, although we're still in, the, especially mainland Europe and Italy itself, although things are looking a bit better, um, it was quite kind of dicey when we, when we were coming across, wasn't it, in terms of, you know, would, would we have to kind of isolate and stuff and the fact that everybody's wearing masks outdoors. But somehow this Giro feels really quite positive as if we're heading back in the right direction and purely mm. because we're seeing fans, we're seeing the mm. Tifosi at the side of the road, uh, whereas before the organisation, for obvious reasons, were saying uh, quite explicitly to members of the public and the, the, you know, the Italian general public, please stay away. And because that there's been a different set of messages or actually an absence of any message. So people are kind of coming back to the race and it's got mm. this kind of real warmth to it. And I think that the race does feel, put the racing to one side, it does feel um, like we're nearly back to kind of normal. I mean, we have discussed it at length. What are your kind of thoughts on that? How do, how do you kind of feel about all that?
1: Um, a little uncomfortable, I mm. guess, because we we're at some sort of tipping point. We don't know which way it's going to go really, do we? But I do feel, yeah, I'd echo those sentiments. I do feel broadly very positive about it. The one thing I would say is, Um, I guess that you noticed the crowdlessness of last year's late edition of the Giro, probably more so than we did watching back uh, uh, on the television screens at home because, um, I mean, I I remember, you know, I watched a lot of that race at home um, and uh, I don't remember feeling that particularly. Um, And I think one of the reasons for that, I think road racing, unlike a lot of other sports, has has proved itself to be remarkably resilient as a a sporting spectacle, simply as entertainment, um, to a crowdless environment because, you know, it, it, you, can, you know, all the games that are played in, in stadiums that are supposed to be packed to the rafters, they really suffer from the lack of a crowd, I think. You know, I find football unwatchable, yep. but genuinely unwatchable, you know, regardless of how good the players are or how tight the game is, I find it unwatchable without a crowd. Um, whereas uh, road racing, it's very, it's weird, isn't it? Because if you think of the great moments in recent history at the Giro d'Italia, for example, if you think of the moment that Froome attacked um, once that group had been thinned out yeah. to win stage 18, 19, 17, or 18, 17 yeah, yeah. of the Giro a couple of years ago, you know, that happened in front of, that happened in a wooded glenside in front of absolutely nobody. Yeah. There were no fans.
0: The cold, Fini- the, the cold of Finestra, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So very
1: often, the, you know, the greatest moments don't actually require a, don't actually require a crowd. And even in a, you know, there were big crowds the other day in Verona, weren't there? Yes. For Nizzolo's win. Yeah. Um, but in the heat of the sprint, they're, they're of no relevance. Yeah. You know, it's just the spectacle of the sprint caught
0: by the television cameras, isn't it? The crowd. Are... And the sprint, that was a particularly good sprint as well, wasn't it? You loved that, didn't you? My oh God, just kept, yeah. Because they, they played, it took a while to get everyone on the podium. And um, they took, yeah, there was lots and lots of replays. And I think. Yeah, I just think it was the fact that Nitsola had had a, a, I think it was a, a record to second places in the Giro, eleventh, eleven second places, and that the joy, and also the kind of just the way he took it—it it was beautiful—the way he danced across the road into the slipstream of Athenian and back out again. I did like that one; it was special. But like you say, it's another
1: great story that in the, you know, separate from the GC race, isn't it? Yeah, um, fa- fa- fantastic. Yeah.
0: What's been your favorite moment? And they put you on the spot here a little bit. What's been your the moment that has kind of affected you the most actually emotionally? Because I had a couple of a couple of wobbles. Yeah. Um in because of the the kind of from an emotional perspective, I'm trying to think of what they were. There definitely one yesterday.
1: Uh, I think <laughs> I think um two moments from Campo Felice. One was Bernard's tears. Yes when he was interviewed after having won uh, and not knowing that he'd actually won, but his tears, uh, you know, there's been a lot going on in his life and Mm -hmm. these things remain hidden to rightfully so really, because they're quite private, some of them. But, you know, in that moment, the dam broke, didn't it? And you you understood quite, you understood what a great champion he is, what a a great champion he will go on to be and how his um, colossal reputation that he carried aloft in 2019 with his Tour de France victory at the age of 22, um, has been kind of brushed aside in the public, in you know, by the extraordinary advent of Remco Evenepoel and Tade Pogacar. Yeah. And and everyone forgets, everyone had slightly forgotten about Bernal. And then he you know, he obviously had to come back from injury, a couple of accidents as well. So there was a lot going on that led to that kind of downburst of emotion, plus the fact that, staggeringly, that was his first and only thus far legitimate, stage yeah. at the grand tour which is very surprising but at the same on the same finish i was equally moved and struck by geoffrey bouchard's interview yeah um where he was uh they weren't they were, he, was, he was crying as well he was sobbing by the side of the road Fun having been, to go, they were having been in Bowman, denied yeah. the possibility of a victory at, you know and he is a rider who 2 years ago won the king of the mountains in the Vuelta. and at that point when he was interviewed wasn't that interested in actually hanging another King of the Mountains jersey on his wall next to that one. He wanted to win a stage. Yeah. And his despondency, having come that close, was actually an amazing counterpoint to Bernard. But I think that
0: particular finish carried a great deal of emotional resonance. What about you? I think it has been a lot of moments. Um, I, I was, that tackle van der Horns win, because it was so unexpected, was was an absolute joy. Yeah, uh, But I, I do tend to get emotional quite easily. Hmm. Um, but actually, yesterday... Um, I was pretty choked up when um, Bernal um, took his cape off um, and really we look at the, the Tour de France stage he was awarded, the the, the tour, the, the Giro stage you've just described, somebody got the phone in the, in the next room, um, couldn't quite experience it. But th- for the very first time, although he's a, a Tour de France winner, Egon Bernal soaked soaked up the moment, didn't he? He took off his cape, nearly nearly laid it down. It was a bit of a nervous moment, I think, for all of us watching, uh, but then he wasn't even riding for time then. He probably lost about maybe five or 10 seconds actually on that running because he kind of slowed down that much. But the way he kind of spread his arms and just soaked up the moment for the first time to really kind of feel the the, the power and the emotion of winning a stage, especially in the Malia Rosa, for me really struck a chord and then obviously met um, his girlfriend and mm. and, uh, and gave her a kiss. That for me was was really, really quite powerful. Yeah. Um, and especially, as you said, everything that he's been through. Um, I'd imagine it was quite a cathartic moment. But strangely, the first time that he's proper been able, properly been able to enjoy, the moment of crossing the line as a winner uh-huh. um, yeah. is was, to me, massively significant. And yeah. um, I think that, that was mine. Yeah. I think that was mine.
1: And I think when I saw him reunited with M- Maria, his girlfriend, um, I was, I think I said to you at the time, I remembered I remembered that extraordinary image from the 2019 Tour de France on the Champs-Élysées, of his family, his mother, his younger brother, and Maria, all in this little group huddle, surrounded by you know, hundreds of people, just held a, a little cordon around them and caught in the lights because it was, you know, the Champs Elysees was kind of its dusk, wasn't it? And they were illuminated by flash bulbs, um, but just sharing this um, this little private sequence of signs that they've got. They've also yeah. got like a family, a little sort of code that is obviously all about how much they. Um, Love each other. Actually, it was so you know, and they were they were signing to each other in, yeah. the, in the still. They weren't talking in this silent, very private moment in the middle of this kind of um storm, maelstrom. Yeah, this yeah. maelstrom of attention. It was um, and there was a bit of that. Yeah, there was a bit of that on the finish line. Yes, was it? yesterday? yeah. Of course, it, it was, was yesterday.
0: yesterday yeah. It was yesterday. Yeah. And and what are your because this is one thing we haven't really talked about much. I mean, because a lot of the time- I can't believe there's anything we haven't talked about. We have to, we've, we've basically gone full circle quite a few times and we've had to we've kind about of 80, like, I was counting, I think we've done about 80, 80 hours of commentary.
1: So plus like every night a three hour transfer and we normally just gas our way through that yeah, as
0: well. Yeah, yeah. So- You had a little kick today because I did kind yeah, of say that let's that not talk too much today because yeah. we're going to waste waste the best stuff for the yeah. pod. But, so what haven't we talked about? Um, I wanted to know your thoughts on- The shortening of yesterday's stage because there was quite a lot of people on social media. I know it's just interesting because we're thinking back to the kind of Andy Hampston days, the kind of evolution of the sport, the the kind of bad weather protocol, and a lot of be honest with you, armchair critics um, were they right? Perfectly entitled to their view, of course, uh, saying that no way was that extreme weather. What? What about? What did you think? Well, I I think there's a degree of. I, I think that it possibly.
1: I think it could have been raced and it could have been raced safe, although you, know, you safely, although you never know really. But I think you have to bear in mind at the time, we, I think there's a bit of hindsight going on with that because, yeah. all right, with the images we've seen of Bernal now, because television coverage is absent, let's yeah. face it, but yeah. now that we have seen those images of Bernal going over the um, the Passagiao and it looked, it looked cold, it looked cold, but okay. Cold wet, wasn't it, yeah. Um That was only, that was only how it turned out to be. You know, it, I mean, it was, pouring with icy rain yeah. at a thousand meters yesterday it felt like if you got up to 2,000 meters it would have been unraceable and really you know very very dangerous I, I think that um I do understand to some extent why people are concerned by kind of rider power a little bit yeah um because it does seem to be a trend I agree um it's happening more and more often and perhaps that is perhaps of concern. But if you take yesterday's individual stage just on its own merits, I think there was some justification for shortening it actually. And it's not as if they didn't race one 2000 meter climb. They did, you know, they just didn't do three. Yeah. Um,
0: And and we were obviously sat there watching these riders come through in dribs and drabs. And, And I think I said that it, we would, um, the result would have been pretty much the same. I just think they're yeah. on two hours. They'd have been a lot colder. We might have actually lost some riders. Yep. Um, yep. Well, that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I still think we would have got pretty much the I, same stage result. And the race was ripped to pieces. I agree. Um, tip of the hat as well to EF for taking it up and not a team we expected to do so. Yeah, TJ. Um, yeah, TJ. I decided that you were his... You're his
1: doppelganger. or He's your doppelganger or
0: something. Yeah, because we, we just before – we had a nice lunch, didn't we? Nice pizza. Very nice. Um, yeah. Well, I had pizza. You had – Pasta bolognese. Pasta bolognese. Or a little side salad. <laughs> a bit of aqua fr- frisante. I'd like to point out side. that I
1: haven't always – we haven't always eaten that unadventurously in Italy. We've no, tried all sorts, haven't we? But we have. We went very, very conventional. As if Super we, traditional. As if we were in a branch of Pizza
0: Express. But, well, so there was a McDonald's about 100 yards away. So yeah. maybe they were influenced kind of subliminally by, uh, by that. But no. Um, yeah, TJ van Garderen. Uh, the TJ van Garderen property, rode really well, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, exceptionally well. Um, setting up, yeah, Hugo Cartain, uh, Cartania. Yeah. The um, yeah. the Colombian Brit. Yeah. Uh, Running for the F. Yeah, but... Um, but that that was amazing yesterday, wasn't it? The the shuffling around of the GC, the two Ineos riders, Danny Martinez stayed eighth, obviously. Uh, Banal stayed first, but everybody else. The beautiful thing about this Giro, everybody else shuffled around, and Caruso's now in second. Carthy up to third. Um, obviously, um, Remke and Nepal out out now the top ten. But that's the one thing about this race, isn't it? I've, we talked about it last night. Is the kind of the one constant apart from the unpredictable nature of this race, has been Egan Banal and everything yeah. else. Yeah. Oh, well, you could argue with the kind of Ineos, kind of the might of Ineos has been a constant as well. Hardly even seen to, I don't know, they just seem, well, amazingly strong, yeah. ridiculously so. Yeah. Um, but behind, almost in the slipstream of, of banal is this kind of chaos and almost like, a, <laughs> like, like, like you said, guys trying to have a pop at him and being knocked back again. I mean, do you... Can you see – and again, I know you're not a big fan of predictions and I'm not asking you to know <laughs> you to the mask, but can you see any challenges no. emerging? No, no, no uh, the, I, only, the only challenges
1: is fate, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, um, no, I can't. They've all – yeah, they've all just drawn up way short of him. I mean, he's just he's, – he's, he's a much – he looks ah, – cycling's hard, isn't it? Because you're always – it's a very comparative sport, isn't it? You're only he's only beating who he's beating on any given day, so it's very difficult to compare across races and kind of say with any certainty this is a better Egan Bernal than the 2019 Bernal. That's impossible to know, actually. And he rode, he's right. Let's face it, he's riding a very different race from his 2019 Tour de France victory, where he waited and waited and waited, and then delivered a telling blow a couple of stages from Paris. Um, but it does look like he's a different rider. And he's it, even within the progress of the first two weeks of racing, it looks like he's grown into it as well, doesn't yeah. he? And he's kind of – he has, in, in the past, worn the look of ooh, a, a young man who is apprehensive, is, is worried, is perhaps has a degree of self-doubt about Because, But it seems to be with each passing stage, he's shedding it more and more. And he's just – I mean, like you say, the – the, the statement that he made not just to himself but to the world by taking that, that, that gilet off yesterday and showing that Malia Rosa he's the boss now, yeah, he's the boss, and no one else is club close. Random question, alert. Random question, alert. Random question alert, it is time for a random question.
0: Sorry, it's very, very quiet, but um, sorry to interrupt. That the random generated question machine has just kicked off. I didn't know, and, that. There's, and there's yeah, and that was very very quiet. Yeah. Um, that was a mouse
1: dropping a thimble again. It, it
0: yeah, was. Yeah. It was very very quiet. The the, uh, the jingles are very low in the mix. You're to hear them quite loudly here, and <laughs> uh, we might have to exaggerate the next okay. one. Um, here we go. So this is the randomly question, the randomly generated question. I've not had I'm sight quite of nervous these. about this. Yeah. Um, right, Ned. <laughs> the random generated question. Yeah. What are you proud of? But never have had an excuse to talk about. Oh, that's a great question. That's an absolute. That's a great question. Um,
1: I'm quite proud. Of, I'm quite proud of the fact that uh, when I was a, <laughs> I was quite good at cross country running when I was a kid. Okay. And um, once on our on our school's annual cross country run that everyone dreaded, which I think was only about three miles. Okay. Um, up. Up to uh, the top of the park, back down against Cemetery Hill in Bedford. You may know it, you may not. Um, I know Bedford, but I found myself, I found myself in the lead as we came off the hill of the entire school on one edition of this race, and this says a lot about me actually. Yeah. That I found myself, and I suddenly realised I had about a mile still to run if I actually wanted to win. But the fear, I suddenly got the fear of winning, and the fear of actually having to really turn myself in and inside out and the. The risk, the potential risk of actually not winning as well and being caught. A little bit of Thibaut Pinot movement. I I, I had a Pinot.
0: Unfortunately, we had a technical glitch here and lost most of Ned's answer. We will resume with Matt. So, um, we had a bit of a problem there, technical problem. Yeah. This is remote, as we said before. But I was warming up for this uh, cross country run. Um, Did that. So basically, the the ballet thing. But what I forgot, Ned, was that I wasn't in normal running shoes. I was in spikes. spikes. So I basically punctured the inside of my leg, and it, it the, the kind of bit just on the inside of my knee. Yeah. And I, I heard it go, like, like puncture. Wow. And um, looked, and there was this one really big hole that I could, you could put the kind of end of your little finger in.
1: Oh, why would you want to do that?
0: I, well, I just kind of made just it. Just to see if it, it, was just, it was just, It was just big, a yeah. big hole. Yeah. And I was so embarrassed that I didn't tell anybody, uh, and I, I just right, I started running. And I think I ended up sixth. But I just when I finished, just covered in blood, and I've still got. I won't show sure, because my jeans are yeah. too slim. But um, I do. Yeah, it was a, a scar, a little scar, scar. where I did self inflicted, self inflicted ballerina move with yeah. spikes on. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, neither anyway. of those two anecdotes are real reasons to be proud, though, are they? Um, what <laughs> I am proud of is really. I, I've written feds again. I've written um, six or seven books, and there's one book. Oh, is my most recent. One of my most recent books I wrote about darts, and um, it's the best book I've ever written by far. Give us the title again. It is Heart of Dartsness a, Right. I just wanted
0: to hear that title uh, again.
1: It's Heart of Dark <laughs> It's Heart of Darkness. and it's by far the best book I've ever written. I'm mightily proud of it, and almost nobody has bought it. <laughs> did, you, did you say we think it might be in some uh, some Poundlands? Uh, apparently, it's in Poundland. Yeah, but that's, it's a cruel fate for a, a book I'm enormously proud of.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. um, I mean. There we go. Get out and buy it. Yeah. Get out and buy it. Uh, and you'll find out, you know, if it's any good, but it's, it's kind of, <laughs> um, I'm sure it is. I think I might, actually, I think I might read it. Because no, yeah, I do like about,
1: darts. It's not really about darts. There's nothing to say about darts. I, I, I mean, I televised darts on, you know, we analysed darts matches, bit of post-match reaction to this, you know, victory from Michael Van Gogh against uh, Gary Anderson. What was the key moment for you? Well, it was this shot, this out shot, this double that he missed. Let's have a look at that again.
0: Well, he misses, doesn't he? Okay. <laughs> not a lot there's not a lot to analyze not a lot there? to analyze do you have those you know like in cycling and, and in footy now you have the big video like massive ipad and you can scroll and like move things around and do have icons and in darts well not, not really cool for it is yeah, there like i say it's just a bit uh, yeah it's either it's either in There's three. it's either in or
1: out or off the wire could be a bounce out
0: yeah that happens but that's it there's it? the three options yeah well i'm, I'm sure uh in whittingham who you was a, a the gentleman at my wedding, who's my best man, looked a little bit like George Michael. Yeah. we gave a really short best man speech. Yeah. He is a massive dance, dance fan. fan. Yeah. Um, so well, th- maybe just him. Even yeah.
1: Just, even if just he buys it, that'd yeah, be fine. Yeah,
0: that'd be fine. Well, they, I mean, we could yeah. probably just lend it to the rest of us, couldn't we? Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you. Yeah. But uh, he'll probably massively appreciate that. But yeah. when I was a kid in the 1970s, we lived in Bushy in North London. Yeah. Um, actually, in Hertfordshire, just into Hertfordshire. We had a really, really big – it was a police house, but we had a really big garden and a big L-shape um, – Apple orchard on it, weeping willow stream running through the back of the garden. And a, big, idyllic. a big foot, like a the back part of it was like a little mini football pitch. Then there was, it was like a nature, garden. It was, it, honestly, it was enormous, massive. It had to be, but it was just big. One
1: hundred t- maybe. For, t- for the listener, he was just hundred. hunting outside at the Dolomites there
0: for, <laughs> for, for <a> comparison. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, It Did have a little. Yeah, it was big. Um, but I used to play a game. Because I had a dartboard uh, yeah. in the shed. Everyone had a dartboard yeah. in the I, shed. And, in the I, I, and I took it to room, my room sometimes. When my mum and dad were out, I used to know there was loads of dart holes in the back of my door, which yeah. I covered over with coats. Yeah. But um, I used to play a game called Mega Darts. And it was basically um, throwing, like, those plastic darts from the patio yeah. over the apple launch into the football pitch. Nice. And seeing how deep they would embed into the, uh, into the, the grass. Yeah. And quite often they would disappear right up to flights. But I could... Throw a mega dart. Yeah. Mega darts was basically. and There's no dartboard. It was just lobbing darts. Yeah, not 100 meters too far, isn't it? Maybe 50 meters. I could throw a dart. Yeah, uh, as a child. Did you yeah.
1: ever play mega darts? No, but I did when I was writing. When I was writing this book, I actually researched. There's a chapter in it about the dart as a weapon. Um, the dart as a weapon in film. So one of the films I'm sure you like. I'm sure this would be your sense of you, Shaun of the Dead. Oh yes, there's a yes. there's a wounding there's a wounding by a dart in Shaun of the Dead. Um, it features in all sorts of films. Uh, it features
0: in The Bride of um, Frankenstein, doesn't it as well? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's what's Hollywood. is this. I think it's that? Well, think you think it's one. It's the dart. Shaun of the a- Dead, the dart sequence. Yeah. It goes into a, into the Simon Pegg's eye, doesn't it? Or it's some it's a, a zombie in the back garden's eye. They throw oh, a dart, right, then yeah. they start throwing records at him. Yeah, at that zombie. Holly was offered that role. For that to be that zombie, a couple of her mates got roles, and, and ah, the, and the, the, the zombie that gets injured by in the garden, she, had the this, garden. she got offered the role of the zombie in the she, garden. Why did she turn it down? Her work wouldn't give her the time off, mm. so it could have been Holly that had that dart in her eye that you. That I would have about. then
1: referenced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also i found a bit of I found a bit of academic research that was published by the University of Manchester mm. um, by a doctor who had been looking at uh, the injuries, uh, uh, serious puncturing of the eye injuries uh, over a 10-year period in the uh, late 1970s, early 1980s, as uh, admitted to hospital in um, the Greater Manchester uh, uh, region. And the number one cause of punctured eyes in that period of time, darts.
0: So just people either using them as weapons or having fun with them.
1: Yeah. Well, actually, the most common the reason, when I, when I drilled down into the data a little bit more, was um, retra- retrieving the darts from the board, and it got a bit stuck in, and actually the flight did the puncturing, as you yeah. kind of drank, oh,
0: oh, you yeah. Kind of catch your eye like that. Well, there wasn't, I remember when I first was playing darts, I mean, just playing darts, not proper darts, but um, and occasionally at the pub, you know, with a bit of chalk and the discord, yeah. uh, there would be a technique where you'd pull it, and there was, a, there was a there was a proper like safety technique, wasn't there? So yeah. you wouldn't do that. To yeah. Talk us through that. You, you seem to. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I think um, I think actually, it's all you can do it one hand, you don't have to have the guard, the, yeah. the guarding hand. But I think I think you know. <laughs> I'm I'm no expert, but, you know, if you look at the, the players of the PDC Premier League, I think you'll see there's a very deft use of the wrist. as It just comes out of the board like yeah, that.
0: Just like know, yeah, just like, a little because obviously they know what they're doing. Really. Have you ever, um, in between the darts, um, <laughs> when it's been... <laughs> Your cycling audience... Just it gets uh, tangential. Because if yeah. I was, if I... I'm not being funny with it, I was... It's tangential and it's unlistenable, mostly. Yeah. And that's to a lot of cycling fans, darts is... Yeah, but, but is, it's toxic. Toxic, but I bet I bet you most, given the, I don't know what the demographic graphic is for this podcast. I know quite a reasonable amount of people listen to it, yeah. uh, but I bet a lot of them have played darts. Well, <laughs> the two sports I love and cover, darts yeah. and cycling, genuinely could not be further.
1: They're uh, mastered the, the, poles apart. Poles apart. They're yeah. the furthest end of the sporting spectrum you could yeah. possibly uh, reach. And yet the common the common thread is we've all ridden a bike, we've all thrown a dart. There you go we haven't all rugby'd or mega darts we haven't all javelins we can't no. you know you I haven't hurdled have you I' no. certainly haven't played water polo I've not been in a canoe I've not been
0: I've, I've not... not done biathlon the thi- I think or darts- moto GP I've never done Moto no. GP darts and cycling as you just said they're they are sports for the of the people they are sports of the people one, a mode, one but only one's a mode of transport yeah, yeah, you could. I not go to work on a dart, could you? <laughs> It would be, will be a little Pace bit strange. Um, have you ever, in the darts, before we move on back to cycling, or probably to a, to a quiz, we've got a little cheeky right, quiz yeah. lined up for you. Ned. Yeah. Uh, have you ever, in between the darts, when they've got gone off to have a beer or whatever, yeah. popped a um Have you ever? got your own darts out of your back pocket and had a little go on, on the on the posh on the stage posh, on the like the world championship hockey
1: i have i have i've actually they entered me itv entered me a couple of years ago because there's a tournament called the uk open which is anyone can enter right and if you go through the rounds you get to play on tv against phil taylor and people you know and okay. so it's, a, it's like the fa cup of darts right? right so it's the um they they got me into the riley's qualifier in, in the uh, riley snooker club in victoria okay and I <laughs> the people who actually go and enter that hundreds of players hundreds of players of turn team, up on a Tuesday popular, night imagine. And, you know if you win like 12 rounds that you play in one single evening you get to go to Minehead and compete against the pros in the, the final the televised finals wow. right but you do have to win 12 consecutive rounds so right okay I um, they sent a TV crew to f- accompany me in my bid for glory and I practiced for about three or four months as hard as I could. And honestly, honestly, Matt, it, I fell apart against my. I fell apart so really? badly. I was my hand Just the was pressure. my hand was shaking like that. Literally uncontrollably, my hand was shaking. Such that something I never do. I was missing the board entirely. It was quite. It was actually. In all it also is genuinely eye-opening about what the game is all about. And it's, it's controlling it's your calm. nerves. It's, it's just calm and consistency, isn't it? The calm, 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 and con- shutting out the white noise and controlling your nerves.
0: Yeah. It's a terrifying game. Yeah. I think, again, it's, it's like, in many ways, it's, so, it's so different to cycling, but there's just, there's just it's all about yeah. consistency and regularity. The whole game is just like trying to get treble 20s, really. Be, isn't it's it's just a, in the in the Giro Peloton, just, who do you think would throw the best darts? What a question that that's is. That's a great question. i tell you what, who I reckon, uh, Hugh Carthy. Nah. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm staying with the same team. Oh, I no. reckon TJ van Garderen. No. Okay. Um, no, for the, yeah. For the, Think of the reasons you just outlined. I think TJ could could throw a dart reasonably well. Actually, maybe not. No. Okay. It's Puccio, isn't it? I think Salvatore Puccio could th- throw a decent yeah. dart.
1: I think you're looking at that kind of, you're looking at Kirienka. You're looking yeah. at those kind of like poker face, you know, hour after hour, just... Yeah, Just tapping it okay, out on the front, right? You know, occasionally someone comes up the outside, throw them a little look, they go back again. I bet, you,
0: you know. Castro Viejo probably could throw a good dart then, couldn't he? Yeah, I reckon. I reckon. Really kind of smooth. I'd love to see Hugh Carsey chuck the darts. That'd be great. Yeah. I reckon, I mean, we know he's a big, I mean, he's been on the pod, he's a massive snooker fan. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure he'd like a game. Yeah. I'll put my, I might text him in a bit and yeah. see what he's like on darts. Uh, yeah. But uh, Ned, uh, we're about to play another jingle because it's time for the Andover Quiz. The
1: Andover quiz. The Andover quiz. 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 The endover quiz. Now it is time for the endover quiz.
0: Okay, Andover quiz. <laughs> <laughs> Andover quiz. It's a quiz. Uh, you were uh, born in Andover. We don't know if you spent a lot of time there. Uh, no, no, he didn't. But no. nonetheless, we have um, twenty-four hours. We're, is that what all it was? I think my first twenty-four hours. Okay. So, but Uh-oh. what we're not going to do, we're not, we're not, we're not about doing your legs and making life difficult for you. So no. It's a multiple choice quiz. Okay. So you've got good. options. That's good. Okay. So yes. it's fair. Yeah. Uh, reasonably fair. Yeah. Um, There's four questions. So take your time. There's no rush. Okay. Although we do want to get out on the bikes sometimes. Although the wind's got up. Look like at that. that. Absolutely howling, isn't it? It's changed. Switch direction as well. Yeah. First. I mean, um, yeah. Amazing. Okay. Question number one. Oh, I better just turn this around, actually. I'll take that plug out. Plug's not working. Hold on a minute. <laughs> 45% left. We're doing all right, actually. Um, I've, what I've done, I've dimmed the screen to save the battery life, Ned. Yep. Grand tour experience. Indeed. GTE. GTE. Uh, right. Andover Yes. is twinned with three other towns around the world. Right. Yep. They are yep. Redon, Gotch, and Andover. Hmm in what countries are those towns? Well, Actually, these are these are questions. Okay. This isn't multiple choice. Well, Andovers in the United States of America. Correct.
1: Um, Gutch is that would be Swiss, Austrian, German, German, and Redon's French? Three out of three. Did you hear that little ting? Though? Yeah, I did hear we, the we, ting. We, yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I did actually
0: <laughs> that cut through, yeah. there's only a bit of a round of Yeah. Round oh, of applause as well. Uh, question number two. This is, we've got you. Yeah, I've got three clear choices okay. here. As the crow, was it? Is there a prize? Uh, it's just a, a really l- large round of applause at the end that I can't hear because you can't really hear. Like so, what we'll I'll send it on WhatsApp right, later. Thanks. Um, okay. As the crow flies, Ned, yeah, how far is Andover to Milan? <laughs> okay, right. Is it okay. a, yeah, as the crow flies, 595 miles, is it B, 695 miles, or is it C? 795 miles. It's C. It's... A. Is it, though? Is that really... Uh, uh, yeah. can, oh, where's the
1: crow flies? Yeah, yeah it's true, crow flies. true. That's always a bit... Direct straight line. We're stumbling over that a bit with the car sat-nav, aren't we, at the yeah. moment? Because you look doesn't at, seem right, yeah. there, does it? Well, if it... No, it's yeah. the answer. Yeah, yeah, Don't fight the, not fight the, the truth. not If the truth is coming at you, don't fight it. Just, just accept just it. Just let it wash over you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah.
0: it's a cycling question now. Okay. Um, what is the cycling club in Andover called... Okay, is it Andover CC? That's too obvious. Andover Wheelers? and nah. um, Andover the Andalbars? Nah. Andover Slipstreamers? That's the Wheelers, mate. It's the Wheelers. That's the one in bold. Uh, that's the one. Ting. Thank you. Okay. Um, okay, RAF Andover stood where the current Andover Business Park is now. <laughs> but in what year did the RAF station close? Um I'm going to give you some choices, but if you if you want to guess straight off the bat... No, give me... I think it's got... I'm going to resort to multiple choices, okay. but I've got a rough idea. Was yeah. it A, 1971, uh. B, 1977, <laughs> or C, 1982? Uh. Uh, 71. It was 1977. Oh, 1977. down the middle. Right, so, okay, straight yeah. down the middle.
1: Yeah. Uh, but I was that, confident there, because I was a bit of a plane spot. I was telling you, I was a bit of a... I was interested in aviation when I was a kid. You were. Yeah. I mean... Um, so I'm but a bit disappointed in are you proud there.
0: of that because you, but you did, it's not, it's no I'm not proud I'm I don't not. mean that in a nasty way I mean because because you, you did mention it at dinner we had a quite a long discussion at dinner yesterday
1: yeah. didn't we and it, yeah. it cropped up there yeah we moved on to a wide range of subjects we discussed last night actually but yeah that, I, no, I'm not, it's not something I'm proud of it's just of note isn't it mm. it's of note I was uh, I uh, designed uh, some I designed fighter planes that could have been used in the second world war um I decided to upgrade a Spitfire. I wrote, I was telling you, I wrote a letter to a, a genuine World War II Spitfire fighter race from the Battle of Britain who won the Victoria Cross uh, with my designs for an improved version of the
0: Spitfire. I thought that I <laughs> oh, could... Well, how old were you at this, at this time? I was about 11. Okay. 10, 10, 11. Well done on the quiz, Ned. I going mean, we have Thanks. another bit of a technical problem. So apologies if the edit is a bit kind of weird. Um, let's talk a little bit about what we're doing here. I mean, we talked about um, the World Feed. How about you, you explain it, Ned? Because a lot of people understandably, um, I've been on social media, we've been posting various bits and bobs and kind of, where can we hear you? And, yeah. and let's be honest, it's, it's quite, kind of quite hard. So can you just explain what we do?
1: Well, the the Giro is owned by, as I'm sure many of you know, a big media company called RCS who own own the Giro and um, it, they want to get it, you know, distributed across the world in as many territories as they possibly can. Now, some of the smaller territories um, less well resourced uh, don't have the facility to uh, add their own commentators you know um, so the the people who market the live broadcast rights in all these various different territories sometimes offer a package that includes commentary comes with commentary basically um, and uh, so some territories around the world take that and uh, then we we provide it. So you and I are directly working for the race organisation, and um, and that means that in slightly more significant TV markets like the UK, where I'm sure a lot of your listeners are based, and indeed yep. the US, as I understand. Um, you know uh, Eurosport GCN uh, have their own commentary team so that's the kind of offering there but in um, I understand some certain African territories down under in uh, New Zealand Zealand and partially in Australia this year and in the Far East uh, and in India we gather um, you can get English language commentary there's muggins here and muggins there that you're listening to basically so we do kind of uninterrupted wall to wall commentary without any commercial
0: breaks every single day it's It's quite a long shift it's a long shift I mean it's they're long days, and we're away for the, obviously the full three weeks. But it's, it's, it's a privilege though, a complete, Ned, isn't it? It's, especially it's, now, yeah. It, it, it's lovely to to have. It's lovely to be able to travel. Um, but it is special being on the race, and um, yeah, it does. Um, and both of us have worked many, many times off tube as well. But to be here, it, it does affect your comment. You do. I, I find that I actually feel, um. I kind of we are part of the race, aren't we? It, part it, you feel kind of part of the fabric of it, and we have quite an important role, really. Yeah. And um, and the fact that we do sit right on the finish line, and we can see them coming across, and but obviously our first kind of impressions is, is are the images, but quite often, like yesterday, we could. I know you often stand up, don't you? Sure. Um, yeah. And I think you were calling it home by actually looking outside the window a little bit, partially, rather than yeah. partially yeah. on the screen. So yeah, it's um, it is it's a it's a remarkably. It's a a wonderful job, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and you're right. Sometimes I wonder, you know, there is an argument, because the last, you know, I I commentate for ITV on the Tour de France, the British kind of free-to-air broadcaster, and uh, this year again and last year we'll be doing it remotely for the first time in my experience, you know, the second time in my experience, having always been at the race. And you do feel... You feel dimly distant from it, actually, and it's quite frustrating. And it's, but then again, it's quite an intangible thing. What is it that being in the country on the finish line actually adds? Yeah. Because m- mostly you're just watching the same television. Well, pretty much you're watching the same yeah. television pictures as the viewers are at home. So in theory, you could do it at home, but yet there is, if you've smelt the same air and got 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 um got soaked by the same rain showers and been up the same mountain, and um as the race will come up later on that day you know, quite often I'll on the and try and run a bit of it and yeah. you've gone on your bike and on the Tour de France, I do that as well. Then it, it adds a kind of almost an intangible quality of connectedness yeah. to your commentary. Not only that, but, you know, for everyone who works, everyone who works on a bike race behind the scenes, especially a Grand Tour, it's a tiring three-week slog. Yeah. You know, the guys who put the barriers out, for God's sake, they have endlessly long days and probably not particularly well rewarded. So, it's you know, the riders do their thing everyone pulls together and you do feel kind of part of a collective organism that kind of uh, moves across the country
0: I think I think you're quite right it's it's actually difficult to actually get across the difference between being off tube and and on site but some of the specifics are the reasons you just said you can you're breathing in the same air you kind of feel the same weather conditions but crucially for me although we don't do it every time every day uh, but quite often we do you know, walk, ride, drive the same roads. And and that gives you something extra, don't you? Especially in terms of insights and and what we, what our job is to do, what our job is, is to, one of our jobs is to try and, you know, tell the story, but also try and, Work out what may or may not happen as well to give a sense of kind of jeopardy, and 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 knowing the route, knowing the climb, knowing the gradients, looking at the permutation of the break, yeah. and you think, well, who who's this going to suit? Why is this rider doing this? And, and although you're lead and I'm color, we both kind of know the answers, but it gives us even more material uh, to kind of get it, dig deep into the kind of into the way the race is going to unfold, and that's what I love about it. I mean, I switched to commentating rather than sort of
1: presenting and reporting a a good few years ago now, five years ago or so. And I hadn't realized up until I started to commentate how different a job it is and how up to that point, I realized actually I'd never been watching bike racing, not properly. Yeah. So only when you start to commentate, you watch bike racing properly, you know. Um, And by, you know, to give an example, what I mean by that is if you think of the conventional shot of, uh, from what you call Moto2, which yep. by and large in this race is the shot of Filippo Ganna and Salvatore Puccio controlling the brake. Uh, so the, to uh, so the bunch, the shot from a motorbike of the front of the peloton in the middle of a stage. Say so take that kind of yeah. standard shot yep. that you can all, I think we can all imagine. Yeah. What I used to do before I started to commentate is just let that wash over me. I'm kind of vaguely looking at Puccio and Ghana, yeah, yeah. right? Nowadays, I'm sure you agree, it's actually not Puccio and Ghana I'm looking at. It's I'm trying to pick out wh- which team is riding, kind of, who's moved up. Yeah. Why are EF suddenly ahead of Astana in the queue? Yeah. What's that rider dropping back for just in the, just Where, going around Where's corner. So, so gone? That was, was there a minute ago. How yeah. come Castroviejo ain't there? Because is he, so all that stuff is actually where the race is happening yeah. and not at the front. Yeah. So it's a bit like, you know, the very beauty of road racing is this this fabulous kind of contradiction about the guy on the front ain't going to win. That's the that's the that's the one abiding principle, isn't it? Yeah. The guy on the front ain't going to win. <laughs> and it's a bit like that with um undecoding the race all yeah. the time. The race comes from behind. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And that's what I find um thrilling about kind of trying to try unpick the locks yeah. of, of the bike and I think you and I both enjoy that don't we just yeah. oh, no, fiddling with the kind of the permutation, you know how the other day when Quebec Assos had those three riders in the break how do they now how do they do it how do they do it yeah. three, three non-winners in a, in, a, in a field of winners you know yeah. How do they manufacture that that scenario? You know, turns out brilliantly. Yeah, but um, all that stuff is great, isn't it? It's great.
0: Yeah. It, it, there's there's lots of there's lo- there's so much for you to kind of for us to kind of talk about, and um, it, I, I love the fact, although quite often it's hard when you're on on air for six or seven hours, especially on one uh, on a stage where quite often there's not a lot happening. The typical kind of sprint day break goes clear early on. There's some animated antics in the it's reception. The podium area.
1: hostess people who have just arrived I've just seen them dashing from their car Ah, across there so if you watch the if you watch the Giro d'Italia um Malia Rosa presentation and this is what those hostesses sound like Ned um the the length of this we properly got the giggles the other day the commentary didn't we oh like it's never happened to me before Ever that was
0: We had to, to, to cut the microphones and take a little moment. I remember what it was. Basically, there was a helicopter shot. Uh, <laughs> quite often, it's what what obviously doing an all, all, all racing um, where this particular helicopter shot, helicopter shot was of a field yep. of <laughs> s- six to eight <laughs> teenagers. I think it was four, four girls, four lads uh, dancing, yeah. and um, and it was quite. It was they'd obviously practiced a bit, yeah. um, and. What what did I say? Did I say oh there some some amateurs? Yeah, and he said I don't know, and I said maybe semi pro. Yeah, for some reason it set me off, and then it set set us off, and we had yeah. to turn off the mics, and we were. Chock- but it was one of those where you can't. I could wow. We couldn't get back in. No, like
1: every time I tried to sort of open the mic up, I, I'd, I'd lose it again, and I'd forgotten why. You know, the initial kind of impetus to laugh, I'd forgotten what it was, but it was an irre- almost irretrievable. You had to turn could away. Have been sacked actually. No, we were. We off, might have been like off there for at least maybe a minute and a half, two minutes. Yeah. And even then, the attempts to get back in were kind of brittle. And yeah.
0: uh, you know, well, I laughed. I actually pressed on, and then I laughed while I was on, then went off again. Yeah, so started you off again. The viewers back home would
1: have heard nothing for thirty seconds. Then yeah. you just laughing, and then nothing. <laughs> was, it was.
0: It was. Wasn't very professional. It was, to me. No, it, it wasn't. I can't even remember what my point was. No. Um, but um, what, I, what I have asked you already once. You probably. I wouldn't have thought you'd forgotten it because it was quite. You, you, you described it really well. But what I'd like to ask you is this, Ned but with an increased budget. If um, a sponsor came up to you um, and said, Ned, um, the Tour de Ned, yep. where do you want it? Yeah, And it's basically the world was your oyster, but it wasn't a Grand Tour, it was a week-long race, like the Tour de Swiss, okay? Mm. But the Tour de Ned... Mm. and it said money's no object ned yeah you know you're we're well respected you know the you know the game inside out um and we we've got we've got contacts all over the world where is the tour to ned and what does it look like a little bit Ooh, that's a good question um, a bit of me wants to say you know when when
1: lockdown happened last year, and we kind of thought, "Well, how are we going to manage any kind of us?" You know, is the Tour de France going to happen? What about the Gira, the Vuelta, the World Championships, Paris Roubaix, and all that? Yeah, I wondered whether I I longed for them all—the st- big stakeholders—just to get together and go. No way can we have three Grand Tours this year. Yeah, um, let's have one that incorporates within you, it. I think you put this on social media. Yeah, didn't you? the yeah, grandest remember, yeah. tour, one three-week stage race that within it has Paris Roubaix as a stage the Tour of Flanders as a stage yeah. Milan San Remo as a stage and uh, the World Championships are recorded on yeah. stage 15 for yeah. example so right stage 16 onwards a rider wears the rainbow yeah. bands you could even have national championships as intermediate sprints it'd be a carnival wouldn't it it would just be, be a, a carnival. carnival yeah but actually in answer to, in answer to your question a week long stage race I, I think i um, a succession of uh, so Terreno Adriatico style uh, punchy little finishes like that yeah. climb we were talking about in Slovenia the other yep. day I would like to just a, a race that didn't deviate from that and where you could but put it somewhere where you could guarantee wind right okay as well Yeah. so you'd have long flat run-ups to like complicated finales a few echelons so I'm thinking um, I'd like to say because money's no object I'm thinking Qatar I'd waive my qualms about human rights abuses okay. simply to get a good race, right? Because so, there's lots of wind there. And they could literally create a, a landscape for me out of cement. Because money's no object. Money, money's no, no, object. No, no, so, no object. So the wind is guaranteed, right? The wind is guaranteed. But then I could say, all oh, right, I want a testing little five kilometre climb, right, with a little ramp in the middle and um, a sharp descent towards the finish line where it's yeah. going to rain. They could create a rain machine for me. Yeah. Right? And they could um, they could just build the mountain. Bloody hell. They could build the mountain, so eight of them, maybe. Yeah. Would there be a prologue? Would there be a TT in there, or would it just be road stages? Might have a split stage, go old school. They're not, not very popular with the riders, are they? Are they? No, no, they're no. not. But no. I, just for that very reason, I might give them a split <laughs> stage in, yeah. yeah.
0: Random question alert.
1: Random question alert. Random question alert.
0: It is time for a random question. Oh, okay. So... Ned, what's the one superpower mm. you would not want? Swimming fast. Okay, well you... Is not- that a superpower? Aquaman could swim fast, but very fast. Oh, you know about the Marvel superheroes. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I don't want Aquaman's um, swimming prowess. Because I, I suspect even if you're a superhero, you'd have to work at it a bit and keep on top of it, wouldn't you? Because mm. if you just don't bother training your superpower, it would get bit crap after you know yeah. down the years and i don't want to be i don't want to have to get up 5 30 in the morning and swim 30 lengths of my local pool just to keep my superpower swimming sort of on. i don't I never see, thought about this because swimming is i think possibly the single most boring human activity known yeah. to man uh, I mean, yeah and, and, and even um victor campanart's speciality as a junior i was yeah. telling you the other day the, yeah. the butterfly stroke incredible incredible i think um I think even that you'd tire off, you know, even if you were really good at it. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, you can keep your swimming. Smell
0: of chlorine, uh, people flicking you with towels in the changing room. I think that's one of the reasons. I mean, I, mean, I don't know how many swimmers listen to this, probably through few triathletes. I mean, um, yeah. they might listen to this. But-, but it's the bit they all hate. You talk, speak
1: to triathletes. They all hate it, don't it's they? It's no not- one says, I love the swimming bit. No. They're, been- in it, they're in it for the cycling. and the. So that's just eating their greens so they can get onto the meat and the gravy or yeah. the
0: potatoes, is yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Well, um it has been an absolute. I want, I want to ask you one more thing, actually, yeah. but I've forgotten what it was. Okay. Because of how kind of disturbed the kind of entrance is, quite and down now, is not it? It's quite down. It's quite, it's I'm quite, quite down. quite Yeah, so. that was. A, I'm hoping yeah. that we kind of um, we, we got through that. But that, the one question I was going to ask you, um, I asked it to I asked it to a few riders. Um, well, you're not. Well, you are <sighs> a rider. You are kind of a rider. Ride my bike. You ride your bike. Ned, what's your favourite cog? Oh mate, on your you,
1: racing bike. What you, you sometimes drop into commentary. You sometimes drop into commentary at thirty-seven twelve, don't you? Yeah, forty-two. Th- I don't know what you are talking about. <laughs> don't you? I, I, haven't don't,
0: got the clue. I thought you because so, you are quite fit. You are know, oh, quite I, fit. You've I, got a you've I, got a did, racing bike.
1: I, when I used to, I used to, I used to race in, I used to racing the veterans, you know, down at Hern Hill. You right? know, about And there's a cogs. lot of chat about cogs. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of, and also the other thing I don't understand is that there are two, there are multiple different ways of kind of med- talking about gear ratios. It's one hundred eight.
0: Oh, inch, I don't do the inch I can't do the inch. Well, they, they do. The old boys down there, the, they yeah, do. Yeah, the I, I can't do that.
1: 100, what you got there? A bike? Yeah, just... Yeah, but what you got? A, a red bike. <laughs> what you see? What you got, though? I don't know. Don't ask me. Is it what? an 84? I don't know.
0: Just, just I don't actually li- know what you're talking leave, leave about. Leave me alone, actually. Go away. Leave me alone. Yeah. So when you start <laughs> talking about that... So you, you don't know. Cog... Favorite right, cog? Okay. So you don't know the number? No, of I do. I
1: know. I know the answer. I know oh, the answer. What is your favorite cog? Then? It's a twelve. I'm with Trenton on that. It's a twelve. A tw-
0: well, his was a his was a sixteen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nearly was got, spot you off. nearly got that across the line damn, there. You damn, nearly damn. bluffed yourself across the line there. Uh, it wasn't. Yeah, not quite 16. a photo finish. Um, well, we're we're gonna have to wrap the, this up. Um, it's been fun. Um, yeah. It's been a bit dysfunctional, a yeah. bit tangential. I think we got some reasonable stuff in there. To be honest, squeak, squeak squoes. I,
1: I think the darts content. I think it'll
0: fly with you. I, uh, I, I think You're yeah. right. Yeah. Be very, um, very happy. With yeah. That. Darts. A uh, bit of anti-swimming. Mm. Um, Cog, random cog selection yeah. and a a bit of a chat about what we do because it, yeah. it is it is a lot of fun isn't it and we've got five more days to go yeah. rest day whether we get out on our bikes remains to be seen but there's a chink i mean there's a bit of blue sky i reckon I that was we a passing I storm. Think we pack up our stuff and go i think we go we've got 11% on the laptop ned <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure um <laughs> we'll take a photo of the, of the of the situation we will take it on social because this is up right. tomorrow right. this is no, no so mucking no about around. this is straight yeah. out but ned um yeah. thanks very much indeed mate all right that's a pleasure cheers